Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another Pittsburgh Steelers postgame show. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you. Joining me today is just Brian Anthony Davis. The Steelers are 4-0. and oh, I don't care how pretty, how ugly, how square it was. They win. That's what matters. Brian, welcome to the show. How are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, I should say? But I'm loving it. And the reason I'm doing it that way, Jeff, is because the jingle that I just did is for a fast food chain that is not good for you. They're not a sponsor, so I could I could make fun of them. But it's not good for you, but you still feel pretty good after you consume it. It's just it might just get you later on. Now, the Steelers might get got later on, but 4 and 0 baby, the Chiefs go down today. They persevered enough to win that game after they were letting it slip from their grasps. Now, I, I want Steeler fans out there to understand something. It is okay. It is 100% okay to say, I'm super excited for the win. I think that certain players on offense in particular played really, really well, and I'm super excited for that, and yet still be discouraged by some other performances. Like It's okay to play both sides of the fence. We always make fun of, of Dave Schofield when he's on, how he, he always hurdles the fence. He never really picks a side on some topics. But in this case, in this game especially, there was a lot of good and there was a lot of bad as well. So real first, as we always start the show, knee-jerk reaction. Brian, you used to write the article for the website. Big Bro Rich is now doing that. But still, what, were your, what was your knee-jerk reaction? I'm talking about they go into victory formation, the clocks hit zero, and your thoughts are what? escape okay because they were letting it slip but here's the great thing about that escape they're good enough when it's when they're letting it slip away when they get that opportunity to go ahead and say all right boys enough is enough they could they could take the game back and they weren't like that before my knee-jerk reaction was that this team has a knack for winning it just seems like they have a knack for winning games no one uh, you know, I mean, you look at the 4-0 start, and you can look at who, how many games they've won. I don't care. I really don't care the opponent's record. You, you let the haters talk. Like, you let the Ravens fans say, well, Steelers have only the, – the teams they've played have only won one or maybe two games, depending on how the games end up today. I don't care. The Steelers don't make their schedule. This isn't high school football where you get to pick and choose who you play. They've gone out and won games, and they've won them in different fashion every single week. In today's game, it was the offense – taking over, making plays. I believe they only had two punts on the game. That's pretty special considering the fact that the Steelers' offense has been a little sluggish at times. But, Brian, this team's got a knack for winning. It might not be pretty, but wouldn't you rather have ugly wins? Yep, you know me. Mr. 2AM loves an <laughs> ugly win. So, you know, yeah. The, the bottom line, the only stat you worry about is a W. And you can't take that away. You can't take a win away. You could worry about tomorrow, and we're going to worry about tomorrow tomorrow. But party tonight, my friends. Celebrate your 4-0 Steelers. It's like my buddy Lance Williams used to always say in our postgame shows, he'd say, hey, win and correct. Win and correct. And, and no one would ever suggest that this game was perfect, that this game was flawless no no one would say that not anyone that watched the actual game now if you look at just uh 
if you look at just Chase Claypool's stat line, then you might think it was perfect. But he might be the he and Roethlisberger might be the only two players that we could maybe deem were perfect today. I thought that for his, Chase Claypool is going to dominate the headlines. He dominated the headline that I wrote for the game recap. Chase Claypool was a one man wrecking crew was my headline for the website as he scored four touchdowns, three receiving one rushing. It was an amazing day. I thought that Ben Roethlisberger had a phenomenal day at the office. Brian, did you see it the same way? Absolutely. I Ben drove Ben still drove that truck. So he what he did is he drove the team, the entire team to the Claypool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so bad. That is so bad. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm going to anyways because someone said it in the live chat. I did predict Chase Claypool's coming out party today. I said this is the game when I on the preview on Thursday night. And you can also check the article that ran today on Sunday when it came to who's the X factor. I said it was Claypool. I said that Claypool's the guy that needs to really, this is the game that they can let him loose. Like really feature what this kid can do. Now, outside of a really bogus offensive pass interference call, I mean, it could have been even better. That's a crazy thing is this could have been even better. Is, is this truly, Brian, in your opinion, a pick your poison offense from a receiving standpoint? Absolutely. Deontay Johnson goes out again today and nobody really worried about it because you saw James Washington make a big play. You saw Juju make plays. You saw Ebron make some big plays. You saw make a big mistake. But Ben has so many places to go. Yeah. And I, I don't know if – I guess the only person I would think might be a little peeved about not getting the football is Juju just because he's in a contract year. You know, he's obviously considered to be the number one receiver. I don't think he is that type of player, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen too much. And Ben talked about it on Wednesday in his press conference with the media saying, look, it, this offense is different. We don't have one player that we feel like we have to get them the football. That can be troublesome. We know who he's talking about. Nonetheless, it is what it is. The Steelers offense looks very dynamic so far throughout the first quarter of the season. Let's go to a live chat or super chat here. Nicholas Gabriel puts $5 in the tip jar. We appreciate that. He said, force my girlfriend to put on a Jersey for the last six minutes. She thinks I'm crazy, but they've never lost when she does. Sorry for the wait, guys, Nicholas, thanks for the tip. And let, let me just say, if there's that much good juju with the, your girlfriend wearing a Jersey, why are you waiting to the last six minutes for her to put it on? Like, that's what I don't get my wife. I'm super, I'm really superstitious. So my wife was sitting over with our kids on the couch during the second half collapse. The kids go outside to play. My wife moves over to the chair next to me. Steelers turn it around. Well, here comes our youngest toddling in and she wants to sit on the couch. I said, Nicole, you sit down, sit down in that chair because when you sat on the couch, things went haywire. I don't want that happening again. Sit your butt on the chair. They did. They win. There you go. I'm very superstitious. I don't know about that. You Are you like that, Brian? Oh, absolutely. You know the stories uh, from uh, 2005 of me kicking a beautiful 75-year-old woman out of my apartment who sat down the minute the Jerome Bettis fumbled in the Dude. Colts game. <laughs> and, and my wife, when I started dating her in 2005, in November of 2005, and they started, they started losing um, three games in a row, she thought I was going to dump her because she's really superstitious. Then she's the first week that they started winning against the uh, Chicago Bears, she wore this brown, pink, and white, like, tracksuit. And she wore it for the remainder of the year. 
until they lost and they didn't lose. And so she had to wear that track. She washed it. She wore that track suit the entire time because she was honoring my superstition in wearing it. So, and it's something that, that absolutely worked. So yeah, if those superstitions work with you for you and they make you feel better, then that makes you relax during the game. That's true. That's true. Sean Manningham puts $2 in the tip jar and says 20 sacks in four games. Can the Steelers keep it up? That would be a pace for 80. That's, that's a lot, but I don't know. I mean, at this point, who are who are we to doubt them, right, Brian? Yeah, because you know what? I mean, they only had two. They only had two in the, late into the fourth quarter. Next thing you know, they've got five. Yep. And they've. Uh, this is a team, and we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. They can struggle. They could have an ugly game. They could have some lapses, but they're good enough and strong enough to pick it up for when it's crunch time and say, all right, boys, let's go to work. Just like the movie, The Program, one of my favorite movies. All right, boys, let's put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. <laughs> That's a good movie. I do like The Program. Now, let me ask you this real quick because someone, uh, Ron Chess, put it in the live chat. Uh, he put it in, yeah. He said, um, Steeler fans were really ticked off on draft night when they took Chase Claypool and not J.K. Dobbins. You know, J.K. Dobbins goes on to Baltimore. It's not to say that, uh, you know, that he's not going to have a good career in Baltimore after Mark Ingram Lee Brian, I don't think there's much buyer's remorse, is there? Not after today's game. Not at all. If you weren't, <laughs> if you weren't buying a number 11 jersey, you are now. It is on your wish list. Um, you, I mean, remember the beginning of the season, we put the cap on touchdowns for Chase Claypool at six. That yeah. that would be an amazing year from him. Four games, he's gotten five. And now that Ben Roethlisberger, and I, I said this to my friends during the game, I'm like, now that Ben Roethlisberger trusts Chase Claypool, now that uh, he is in his confidence, there's no turning back. Remember 2014 when after week six, Martavis Bryant got into finally got into a game and Ben threw a touchdown pass to him and he started getting confidence with Martavis? Well, that's exactly what's going on with Chase Claypool right now. Yeah. Ryan O'Toole puts $5 in the tip chart and says, you guys should also assign a grade to the officials. TJ was being ridden like a circus pony again. <laughs> they literally, I mean, <laughs> I oh mean, God, honestly, I if it's not Kevin Dotson running downfield when he shouldn't, or Kevin Dotson call, being called for, they're not calling holding on tackles much this year. I mean, even Stefan too, it was being held on the play that he got a sack and they didn't even flag it. This is uh we're going to talk about the officiating. I'll get to that. We are going to talk about the officiating because you have to talk about the officiating after a game like Sundays. It was just atrocious from start to finish. So we will be talking about the officiating. Um, Brett MYE puts four ninety nine in the tip jar. Says, so how much did you lose your mind on the Claypool pass interference on a scale from one to ten? For me, it was a million. You know, this is funny. I remember it was last game. So week three, Houston Texans, Chase Claypool had a catch, or maybe it was against the Broncos. I'm not sure. And Mark Caballi of The Athletic tweeted out, Chase Claypool is one of the best receivers when it comes to looking like he is interfering, like having offensive pass interference, but actually not interfering in the play. And when the play happened, when you saw it live, it looked like he did. It looked like he shoved the guy. Cause it's a back shoulder throw. It looked like he shoved the defender down. He catches the ball. And then obviously, I don't know if he stepped out of bounds or if he would have been, if it would have been a touchdown, but still when you watch the replay, all I could think about was that Cavalli tweet saying, 
it looks like he does it, but he really doesn't. And he didn't. I had to say that on a scale from one to 10, which was the question, I'd say I was a nine. I was pretty irate because that was a huge turning point game because not only was it a penalty, but what happens after that is the Ebron fumble. So Brian, what was your reaction to that call? I called it before they threw the flag. I didn't agree with it when I said it, but I'm like, yeah, they're going to throw it. And then they throw it. And it was one of those situations with, I mean, it's, it looked more egregious the first time you saw it than when it slowed down. You're like, not at all. And Jonathan Vilma, who I think is, this is only the first time I've listened to him call a game. He's awful. And, but he was, uh, uh, he was, he was disagreeing with everything that I was thinking for the first 30 minutes of the game. And then, during that play is like, yeah, that definitely was not pass interference. And we'll talk about the officials, but the officials were dreadful. Yes, absolutely. Isaac Aguilera, longtime viewer of the program, puts $10 in the tip chart. Thank you very much, Isaac. He said, okay, three things. The defense is not the same as last season. The refs tried beating the Steelers and stop blitzing so much. It's doing nothing overreacting probably, but still. Isaac, we're going to talk about all of those things, and we're going to get into all of them in detail. Let's start doing that right now. If you ask questions and we don't get to them, we're trying to run through this as quickly as possible. So let's do what we always do. We look at the box score. We hand out some grades. We're going to do some by position, and we're also going to do some individually. So let's start off as, you know, typically the offense, Ben Roethlisberger. He's the straw that stirs the drink. He finishes 27 to 34. What an efficient day he had 239 yards, a seven yard average, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Shockingly was only sacked one time, Brian only sacked one time. And when it came to quarterback hits, the Philadelphia defense ended up with just two. That is tremendous. We'll talk about that in a second. He finishes with a rating of 125.4. What's your grade on Roethlisberger after week five? I am uh, not going to just give him an A. I got to give him an A plus for this game. Because we, yep. And you know what? Because we talk about this. When we want an efficient stat line out of Ben Roethlisberger, we always say anywhere between 240 and 260 yards, no interceptions, and you know, a couple touchdowns. We were thinking the other day maybe about two touchdowns. And so he goes ahead and puts up three. And I actually think he could have had more too. Um, But he didn't make the mistakes. He wasn't making overthrows. One of them, one of the incompletions was when, uh, when they tried to call that, uh, that one play an interception and it was overturned. So that, that was a, uh, that was definitely an incompletion that wasn't his fault either. So, you know what? I'm really proud of Ben Roethlisberger today. I think he is, uh, he's on his redemption tour. He's on his public relations tour. He patched things up with Terry Bradshaw on the pregame show. They're buddies now. Ben is running for office. When I'm saying he's running for office, he's not running for political office. He's running for NFL MVP is what he's running for. And that's what Ben is doing. Will he win it? I don't know if anybody will let him do that, but Ben's going for it. But his play and his talk and his PR that he makes on the football field is doing it. He has 10 touchdowns now and one interceptions after four games. I Could we go back this where we need uh, Dave Schofield? We need Dave to look at this because I don't think he's had a start like this. Yardage, he might have had a better start, but I don't think he's had a touchdown-to-interception ratio as good as this to start the first four games of the season. 
The, the word that comes to mind with Roethlisberger is efficient. His completion percentage is well over 70%. Is, is near 70% now. I mean, he's he's extremely efficient. He reminds me a lot of, you know, he's becoming more cerebral. You can see the checks of the line. You can definitely make sure that you can see that Dave says it always in the post game. How many of his passes should have been, were there throws that should have been interceptions? And he had none of those in week five. Not only that, but you also had situations where Roethlisberger saw the field well, and this was against a defense that came into this this game leading the league in sacks. Now they had four games of the Steelers, three, and that's no longer the case anyways. But still, he handled the pressure well. I thought he manipulated the pocket well. I give Ben an A-plus because outside of throwing another touchdown or so, what else could you ask for? He threw for three touchdowns. Like I said, they only punted the ball twice. He was great on third down. The receivers just deserve a lot of credit as well, but he put the ball where it had to be. Uh, you think if Eric Ebron can hold on to the football on a few occasions, it's only going to help his numbers. Um, so, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, A-plus, we both agree. Great game by Ben. Let's go down to the rushing. Believe it or not, the, the leading rusher was Ray Ray McLeod, who had two carries for 63 yards. The 54-yard reverse was the big play in the third quarter. was great to see them get creative with this defense to make them stay honest. But in terms of running backs, James Conner has 15 carries for 44 yards, 2.9 average, one touchdown. That that does not look good on paper, but I thought James Conner had a good day. And I thought Benny Smith finished out the game well, seven carries, 19 yards. Again, a, a not a good average, but I thought they ran the ball well. And Chase Claypool did rush for a touchdown. His first touchdown was a rushing touchdown on the jet sweep. Brian, how do you grade the rushing attack for the Steelers, they finished with 136 yards rushing. Uh, so what is your, what are your thoughts? The, the streak ends, no 100-yard rusher, but what, how do you grade the running game? Well, first of all, I'm going to throw this out here. Our boy Lethon Flowers from years ago when he dubbed the Broncos paper champions. Uh, actually, or was it the Buccaneers? It was somebody who were paper the champions. Buccaneers, the Buccaneers. It was the Buccaneers. Yeah. So when he threw out paper champions, you know, things look better on paper. In this case, things look worse on paper. The rushing attack, if you looked at it, Connor rushes for 2.9 yards. He only had 45, uh, 2.9 average, only has 45 yards. You're thinking James Connor had a horrible game. I don't think he did because when you have Chase Claypool having a huge run, when you have Ray Ray McLeod having an even bigger run, and in the situation they were, they did not punt a lot. They didn't punt a lot in this game. So when you're looking at that, the run game was helping to set up the pass, and it did that very well. I am actually going to give the rushing attack a B, and I have no problem doing that. Ray Ray with that big run, that was huge, and Chase's big run was, was equally huge. Plus, Ray Ray, I want everybody to know this. I love this guy. For what he does, I also love his name, and it's so fun to shout out Ray Ray. So I I did it about twelve <laughs> times, just I kept shouting out Ray Ray, and everybody's looking. So live chat at home, I don't care who's in the next room, who's next to you, I don't care if you uh, startle them, but just do it on three, one, two, three, Ray Ray, because it feels so good <laughs> to shout out, and he's electric, and that's what electricity does. A guy like that that's coming from nowhere that you. It, it feels good. When he's running that ball, I kept going, Ray, 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 Ray. I just kept on doing it. And 
The guy is a piece of the puzzle that the Steelers haven't had in the past. Chase Claypool running the ball as a wide receiver is probably the best rusher at a wide receiver that they've had, I guess, let's say, since Antoine Randall L, maybe, because he's doing a whole lot more than we've seen in about 15 years in that on that avenue. For as I agree with everything you said in terms of it looks it looked worse on paper than it actually was. The Philly defense is very good at stopping the run. Uh, they have been gashed, i.e. the big runs like we saw with Ray Ray McLeod. But at the same time, I want to give Randy Feetner both credit and I want to cut on him a little bit because I, for all the creativity they had in the running game with the jet sweeps, with the reverse to Ray Ray McLeod, there were certain situations where they did not hit the running game whatsoever. You know, second and long draws, uh, just obvious is it called you're just scratching your head you're like, everything that they're having success with they got away from it at times so i thought feetner although he took a step forward it seemed like he also took a step backwards and he's right where he was um but i thought that the running game i'll give it a b minus because i think there was some room there there's a couple times where connor just doesn't seem to run well off his blocks i'm not sure why but nonetheless it is what it is the steelers running game hey they like i said they rushed for over 100 30 yards as a unit. And that's something that I give the over under on the Steelers preview Thursday night. And I said, James Connor rushing for a hundred. I took the under said they'll rush for a hundred as a team, but not him. And I was right on that one. Now, $2 in the tip jar from mafia man, five, six, seven. He says is Hargrave missing the Steelers after this game. Well, Hargrave got a half a sack on Roethlisberger, but I'm going to give you a whole, uh, well, several million reasons why he's not missing the Steelers. And that would be his bank account. Um, Javon Hargrave cashed in a huge contract. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's missing the Steelers. Do you, Brian? No, I, I don't think he is. Um, he might regret it after he retires, saying, you know, I should have stayed in Pittsburgh. But those guys need to get that first contract because that second contract doesn't really always come. Because think about it. A first contract, you've already played five years in the league. And another five years is hard to do. So, no, take the money, Javon. I don't blame you. I don't yeah, blame you for taking that. And he might say later, I wish I could have. Uh, uh, later on, he might have said, man, if I could have stayed for $2 million less, I mean, that would have been better. But with Bud's situation, they, they made a business decision. They basically said, we've got to let you go. Um, You know, uh, we, we wish you well. We'd love to have you. But it's 2020. And this is the economics of the game. And I, I think if he would have taken $5 million less, I don't think they could have kept him. No. No, it, it was a situation the Steelers knew. I mean, I'm sure they had some negotiations, but it was like, look, you're not going to tell a player, I mean, get, go get your money while you can. I mean, that's exactly what it's all about. So we'll see. But good question there. I bring him up because we probably won't talk about it too. I guess he did have a half a sack on Roethlisberger. That's according to ESPN. Uh, Dave Schofield uses Yahoo, which is that's a little out there for me. So let's go to the receiving core, shall we? Um, there were receivers other than Chase Claypool who played for the Steelers today, but Claypool finishes seven receptions, 110 yards, 15.7 average. Gosh, that's that's amazing. And he already had a ridiculous average anyways. Three touchdowns with a long of 35 on 11 targets. So they targeted him 11 times. That's a lot. Eric Ebron with five catches for 43 yards, 8.6 average, did have the fumble. The other drop uh, along for 17. Juju, four catches for 28 yards. 
He had five targets, James Washington, three for 25, four targets, James Conner, three for 19 with three targets, and Ray Ray McLeod, who came in for Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, gosh, he's been injury prone this year. He left with a back injury. Uh, Mike Tomlin said in his postgame press conference that he feels like he'll be back next week, that he just got struck on the back. Ray Ray McLeod comes in, three catches for 12 yards on three targets, and he was a deep threat. Uh, drew a couple flags later in the game. Brian, if you're grading the wide receiving core, how are you grading them? You know, how can I not give them an A either? There weren't a lot of drops. There was nothing that killed drives. They did everything right. It's a very, I keep on saying that, it's very unselfish. I, do, I don't really want to be correcty correctorson, Jeff. I saw it in the live chat. Somebody uh, mentioned that he came in after Deontay Johnson um, left the game. You just mentioned yeah. that he came in. He caught the first pass of the game on the very first drive. So the there, wide receiver screen. Yeah, so they're actually thinking about him, and they did this two weeks ago against the Texans as well. He was in there early. So he is one of those guys that uh, not just the end of a round, they are uh, including him in practice as a part of the equation. He's just not the uh, – there is no worry for Ray Ray McLeod every week thinking that he if, whether he's going to get a hat or not because no, he knows no. he's a part of the plan. Absolutely a part of the plan. And I think talk about picking a guy up off the scrap heap. I mean, he gets cut from the bills that they just release him. The Steelers pick him up and he makes the team. Everyone's thinking, really? Everyone predicted Switzer to make the team. He's been electric. Now, believe it or not, I actually reached out to Matthew Warren, who's the editor at Buffalo Rumblings, when the Steelers decided to keep Ray Ray McLeod. And I was like, hey, man, can you answer some questions about this guy for me? Because he's kind of an unknown. And he didn't have much to say. He said that he had fumble issues. While he was with Buffalo, since they've ha had him for, you know, he went, he went to Carolina for a stint, but he was, most of his career in the NFL has been with Buffalo. He said, but he doesn't provide anything. He basically just said he's another meh, just another guy. So I took those answers and did nothing with them. I didn't write an article, which is what I was hoping to get out of it. And come to find out, he's turned out to be a really good player. You talk about depth at the wide receiver position. Dave said it best earlier in the year with a preview saying that they can withstand one injury at the position, two, and you're in trouble. Not anymore. Now let's say Deontay Johnson goes out and James Washington gets hurt. Ray Bay McLeod comes in and you don't miss a beat. You still have three capable wide receivers and an Eric Ebron. This wide receiving court is deep. The Ebron fumble and the Ebron drop do give me a lot of pause. I am a big Ebron fan. I like him in fantasy football. I think that he's developing a good rapport with Roethlisberger. But you and I know, Brian, and everyone out there listening knows, if Roethlisberger doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw it to you. Period. Now, I don't think it's gotten to that point yet because if Roethlisberger trusts him and he drops the ball, he's going to actually try to target him soon to get the confidence back up. Ebron had a rough second half today. You could see he's visibly uh, easy for me to say visibly shaking on the sidelines. He was upset with himself. I'm going to give them a, a B, just a solid B because for, I don't know, I can't give him a B, an A minus because Chase Claypool had four touchdowns. I mean, he had three touchdowns re receiving. He had four touchdowns. I can't give him a B. I'm going to give him an A minus, but um, hey, it's just Ebron. It's just Ebron that's keeping me from being really happy. But you're, you were right, by the way. McLeod was in the mix. He was not just a fill-in. He was not just a fill-in. So anything to add about the uh, receiving core, Brian? Yeah. One last thing. It's not Chase and the other guys. It's no. the Pittsburgh Steelers receivers um, featuring all four of those guys. Uh, it, actually, all five of those guys now. We cannot um, exclude Ray Ray. Th this is really 
where it comes down to the fact, pick your poison. You said it earlier. Ben is going to trust Eric Ebron again. Like you said, he went right back to him. I think he's going to be fine. Even in his uh, huge season with 13 touchdowns with uh, Andrew Luck, he had a couple fumbles. This is the first fumble we've seen from him in uh, in four weeks. So, you know, I'm not... I'm not too concerned about it. He's a, he's going to bounce back. He is he and Vance McDonald. Vance um, had one catch too today. But if Ebron is uh, being double covered, if he if they're looking at him, Vance could kill you too. So that's another guy. There's so many ways that this team could kill you. Absolutely. And the Steelers killed themselves in a lot of situations, but that was on defense. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about the defense. We just graded the offense. We're going to grade the defense, special teams and coaches coming right up after this break. If you're watching live on YouTube, don't go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. If you're listening on audio platform, please head over to part two and we'll see you after this break. 